Dude, uh, what are we even talking about? Who cares? Who cares? What is this? Plant buds? Plant. <laughs> that would be a way better, probably no, podcast. That's and a better title. Pun. Yeah. <laughs> that's you know, got to be a thing. How many? How many times when you tell someone the name of this podcast, Gear Buds Podcast? Yeah. I often get people saying, "Wow, I just realized that that's a pun." Like yeah. they'll, they'll be my friend for months and they'll be like, I just got that the, your name of podcast is a pun. I was like, have you ever met me? Of course the name of this thing is a pun. Yeah, of course. Jesus. Play on words, man. You're the king of puns. We're the, we're pun, we're pun boys. Although I'm taking plant buds. I think I, plant I buds to, was good, dude. Yeah. I, I would have to imagine that exists. That's I mean, gotta that's be such a it's good It's probably name. the number one plant podcast in the world. All right, man, let's just fucking celebrate because this is gonna be a weird one folks we're back at we're back i guess we've already got the title episode 110 Gearbuds podcast i'm henry who's that he's dave we don't have to pretend to maybe get it right over the phone because nope. we can just look at each other it's crazy we're in the same room again folks see what happens you see what happens do you, do you see what if happens you get, if you get vaxxed up we can fucking do stuff again right. oh what was the thing stingray sent uh uh uh, vaccinations are the gateway drug to live concerts. Yep, yep. Here we are. True words never spoken. True words never spoken. Gearbuds podcast. We're doing it in person again. I'm so fucking stoked. I mean, yeah, I man. I woke up just like nervous and excited. I was like, what's happy. it gonna? What does it feel like? And it and and it was a little strange at first, and then we just like hung out and and were buddies for like hours. Probably it yeah. seems like before we were like, oh yeah, that's where we're supposed to make the podcast. Played again. a little guitar. We'll talk Played about some it. guitars. We talked we just like we hugged we we hugged twice we hugged twice (laughs) (laughs) we definitely did that yeah man i'm so happy that we're doing this again in person and that we get to start having guests again in person although you know what dude let's just fucking we're gonna dive into the symphony of corrections and one of the things that i want to do in the symphony here is just reflect a bit Mm -hmm. on what we've been through but in in the interim since the last time you and i talked into microphones at each other in a room together yeah let's let's talk about that so I wrote down I wrote down a couple of things just to make sure that I knew what was up. First of all, I, before we even get into any 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 details, actually, I would like just to, to say this: I am very proud of you and me and us for having stuck this shit out, man. Yeah, me too. And and not only did we stick it out because we could have packed it in. Sure, you know, I, I think many would have, and, and that would have been okay if that happened too. We were. Still technically, I guess you could say a fledgling. We were a newer podcast at the time mm-hmm. the world shut down. So it was like it would not have been a huge shocker had we decided to do that, but we didn't. And I think there were times during the quarantine, especially in the in the first, you know, year of it, <laughs> whatever you want to call right. it, where this was kind of the only thing I had to look forward to during the week. It was so nice to have this anchor. To be like, there. oh, at uh, noon on Friday, we're gonna like talk into my whatever it is, and and then it's gonna come out on Monday yeah. and, and repeat the cycle. And yeah. And, and it turns out that thankfully for you listening to this and for you in this room, that it matters to people and people like this podcast yeah, we and, appreciate and, you and they thank you. Thank you for having been there for us and reaching out and talking to us and doing all that sort of stuff with us. And dude, I want to point out, so this is not something we get into very often, Yeah. but in terms of just like listeners and RSS feed subscribers and all the podcasts, blah, 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 bullshit that you measure to see how you're doing. Right. We, we were hitting we right before the world lockdown. We had kind of like fucking hit a stride, dude. Yeah, we had Scott Lucas from Local H on. That's and, right. And he that guy has just a massive. It turns out internet presence that maybe more than anybody else. And we've you know we've had a lot of, of big guests on this show. Yeah. Just like instantly brought in new subscribers, new listeners, new Amazing. fans, the whole thing. And then right after that, we had. Turns out the last episode that we had was Soren, our our good buddy Soren ah, Peterson from Sure Microphones, okay. which was another huge episode. So like, we were we were, I mean our numbers were going up, yeah. and then and then frankly, after that they fell off. Or like right. we never you know it's not like we ever no, but we still had a lot of fans, but like all this new growth that we were seeing that went off a sharp cliff. Yeah, the reason I'm bringing this up is because probably about like three or four months ago now, we have far now surpassed any numbers that we had even pre-pandemic like the amount of listeners and the amount of engagement and, and subscribers and all that stuff is like well way beyond what we even had before the pandemic mm-hmm. and and i and i credit that to us just sticking it out and, and being that sort of anchor like you're talking about the the consistency i think that that had so much to do with it i credit it to not doing these over zoom 
Um, yeah. I want right? to say thank you to the listeners. I hope you appreciate that we actually record <laughs> into microphones. We're not just talking on our laptops back and forth to each other and that staticky, disgusting and, and sound. And I get why a lot of people had to do that. Oh, we of all, we no, all still listen we, to those we, podcasts. We I'm did sure. what we had to do. I will say that, and I listen to a lot of podcasts, a yeah. lot of comedy podcasts. We are. We are kind of the ones who stuck through, like audio wise. We really figured out a way to, like, I mean, we're the gearbuds, so we have to. We had to do it. If anybody had to do it, it's us, right? There were some technical mishaps. Mm -hmm. I mean, I won't name any specific episodes or anything, but especially early on, there were a couple things that were pretty rough and I was sad about and whatever. A learning uh, process. But we never had, we never missed an episode. No. And we had guests. At least every other week, I think maybe there was once or twice we we did two. In a, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if we've done two no guests in a row. Maybe uh, we'll see. What I think is really funny about it, I think back to I think it was December before when we we got to talk to Dave Pensado from oh, LA. Sure, yeah, that was and right on Christmas. We for like two. Well, we had some scheduling issues, but we practiced. We had no idea how we were going to feed a live right. stream through recording. Dude, we had to work some, on this before. Had we known lockdown. that they were like, you know, in in three months, you're going to have to just do Everything. it like this yeah. for a year. Right. I mean, it's crazy. It is me. crazy. Wow, we, that's true. See, we actually did do one remote. I was thinking about that thing. on the way here, that and I was, was like, we we were like crapping our pants because we had the, our biggest guest ever, arguably, yeah. and we had no idea what to do. And, and he was so kind about it, yeah. You know? But like, it is it is pretty ironic when you think about the fact that, I mean, Dave Pensado is a god in this world, yeah. right? And and he's the only person we've ever had on who didn't have. A microphone yeah right it, it was, was just, just his cell phone just, it was just his, it, it was zoom that was the first oh, time right. i had ever even heard of zoom we were using zoom audio we used zoom audio yeah. for that call and remember i like went outside and i was like call me on it we'll see how the quality we, we is. tested the zoom we had to oh test it all over God, your house that's right and, like, i forgot about that part yeah of it. but i will say um because of all this being able to do it remotely and using the microphones yeah. and kind of our process We've gotten to speak to some amazing people through the quarantine globally, which ha- would have never happened had we just right. kept it here in Chicago. Exactly. So, in a way, I don't. It obviously, wasn't a good thing, but it's a. It was a good thing for us to expand our capabilities Dude, now. And totally. if we want to interview somebody in Sweden, we can interview somebody. In we Sweden. can and will. And and yeah. and not only have has that played out on, at a guest level because you're totally right. I mean, we've <laughs> during the lockdown we've had New Zealand a couple times yep. from Denmark. Denmark. Like, why? Right. What's up with a Denmark? Yeah, but it's amazing because it's I love Denmark, I'm, and we're gonna keep we're gonna keep cornering that danish market yeah. uh you're right man and not only that it's played out with it and our listeners it's not just our, our dickhead friends in chicago yeah. we've got global fans and and, and friends and listeners and, and it's super exciting dude so it was listen march 9th 2020 was okay. the last time we did this in person wow that was episode 46 you know what that means this is episode 110 mm-hmm. we did more episodes in quarantine lockdown wow. than we did out of quarantine oh my god before that isn't that fucking weird I mean, it. We figured out a good way, man. We, we found kept a way. it up. Yeah, it's just we I, didn't. I, I didn't. I mean, I I know that you. And there's a lot of stuff that we cut from this show, especially all the talking you and Dave and I, you and I do before sure. and 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 after. And like, I know that one of the things that we always have always said is like, even when we we're both feeling shitty during whatever was going on in the world. Uh, it we always felt better yeah. after having done it. So I'm really yeah. glad that yeah, man, we we did we did that, and now we get to do it and be like hang out in person and we fucking can high jam five. And, and high five. Yeah, we're still doing it in my living room, which is great. I mean, it, it's working out. The idea is obviously we will get to the forge. Yeah. We get to well, you know, the world we talked about. Like we were we were making moves, man, and we were moving this thing into a fucking full on studio, <laughs> and then the world was like, no, you're not, no, you're not. Uh, you so, got a couch and everything. Yeah, in there, there, so. dude, there's a there's there's multiple seating options. Yeah. Or so the idea is that yeah, we're gonna start having guests over there and fucking hanging out and uh, doing all that sort of stuff too but uh so i think that's i mean honestly in terms of uh in terms of just like reflecting i feel like yeah that was the reflecting good synopsis yeah i like i want to see how long that took to see how we're doing it (laughs) i will say that is one thing this might be a long episode i don't know oh this is going to be a lengthy one i didn't do oh no that was perfect uh, I use I'm real I'm remembering my my previous techniques and that I would always make note in my mind what time we started so that when yeah. I'm not looking at the timeline I know like oh we just we just went on for 20 minutes or whatever which was easy with a guest because we would schedule in okay right at one o'clock we're one starting o'clock, or something. we could start yeah. but and I got I, I on the phone I got very used to just like having the timeline yep. moving in front of me yeah, so me too maybe we'll figure something out with that I don't yeah. know how I'll do it but I I don't know I feel I feel good man feel let's just good. fucking we're in the symphony here. Uh, technically, so let's just do it for real. Here's your weekly reminder. I can't believe that it took us this long to get to uh, the fact. This is your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. I don't know if you know that. Uh, thank you again. We've we've thanked ourselves. Let's thank you again for listening to this. Yeah, thank you. We've. Uh, it's been. I my favorite thing is how much we get 
people reaching out now on Instagram and Facebook and hitting us in the DMs. So Keep cool. doing that shit. You're our friend. Give us ideas. Give, Give us, us topics ideas. if you want. In yeah. fact, on Instagram, someone just requested uh, one of our previous guests return. So we might wow. have to do that. We've, which we haven't done yet. Uh, we have if not we've been done. listening since we began. And, so. and it might be a certain guy named uh, Brian Kavitin and a certain band named Sun Jacket that has a new record coming out. And they're, they're, I don't know if you've checked any of this stuff out yet, but the songs are so good. Nice. So he and Carl both could come on, I think. Is Excellent. What we're, what that would be cool. To do. Yeah, we have. And there is a, a big piece of gear sitting right next to me right now that was directly influenced by one of those guys we're going to talk about a little bit later Sweet. so stick around uh this is loosely touching tips friends of the show here oh you know what i didn't say it if you haven't already go follow us on instagram and facebook aggregates podcast subscribe spotify apple those places here's touching tips friends of the show what do you got i have one one quick shout out to Let's a friend it. of the show um a, a, a listener of the show yeah uh we still owe you a tone to brady but I want to say congratulations because he just had a baby yesterday. Oh, congrats, so Brady. That, there you go. I know he listens. So uh, Good job, man. Uh, okay, so this is... We're just this is a little freewheeling here, but you and I were talking. We've been we've been talking a lot about a lot of Les Pauls lately, mm-hmm. and we I think that we sort of established what might be your favorite Les Paul. Do you remember? Uh, well, a I mean, certain James kind of- Marshall Hendrix played oh last paul custom well it's the all yeah the 50s all blacked out it is the i believe a 56 right mm-hmm. and so we we established that a 1956 custom would be your favorite yeah the black p90s black with a staple p90s it's gotta have the staple p90s and, and so the reason i'm bringing this up is that as 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 we were talking about this i was like wait a second i believe that that i've seen Jimi hendrix's guitar that he had one of those yeah and then I had no I, idea. it turns out it lives in Chicago at the Hard Rock. What? Here downtown or wherever, River North, Illinois. Oh, we might be going out to lunch soon. Buddy. Maybe if you have any reason to ever go. And I know that because I played the Hard Rock once. It was really Is that place still open? I didn't even, I don't know. I know the hotel According is to the internet, okay. that guitar lives there. But that article might be old. Mm. Uh, but we'll, we'll it find is out. a beautiful Black Beauty 1956. Oh. That if, so I guess the reason I'm even bringing this up here is that uh, if... Uh, if you're listening to this and Dave and or myself are in jail for theft, <laughs> it was worth it. It was worth it. There it is. Uh, but, oh, speaking of Gibson, I don't think you saw this yet because I don't know if you get the PR emails like I do. Gibson has a new experience for the world that they're unleashing. It is called the Gibson Garage. So in Nashville, they have now, they, it's, or no, as of, let's see, June 9th. They're opening what is I am sort of describing as kind of like a Disneyland for Gibson fans, okay. uh, which is like this huge play, place where you can go and play and experience all sorts of Gibson things all on, in Nashville and on, on their headquarters. A Gibson it's like, amusement park. It's sort of a Gibson amusement park. There's se- separate sections for Gibson. There's Epi, Kramer, KRK, which I often forget that they own. Oh, yeah. I got uh, a set of KRKs. Love you sure? I've got yeah. a set over at the Forge. Yeah, I love those. Uh, Mesa, uh, their custom shop, Murphy Lab, uh, the repair shop, and acoustic. So it's like all these separate areas. And but I don't know if it's a release to the public yet. But for in the in the part of the PR press release thing, uh, there's this 3D virtual tour that you can go through. So of course I did it. Yeah. And there and like and it looks like you can play guitars. Like it, I, that's I cool. Think it's and they and there's like here's a bunch of 335s on a rack, and it yeah. looked like they were on the types of hangers where you could just pick them up and play. Yeah, which yeah. If you can't. I'm going to be upset. But if you can, I'm going to be like, this is awesome. And Dave and I might need to make ourselves a little natural road trip to well, check out the Gibson experience. I remember at NAMM. Yeah, that might be fun. I remember at NAMM, uh, they did have that big display, but you couldn't play any of them. They no, were you, all could the, play, you could, could play. You? They had, they had a so bunch busy. of the custom shop stuff in, in cases. No, but in the Gibson thing, like they, they had, had all the different colors and stuff. Right. Those yeah. were all the different custom shop, yeah. but they had like, a thousand guitars out that you could play. Oh, okay. And I and I definitely did play some guitars and Excellent. stuff there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but so, man, I, the, oh, the other thing they're doing a bunch of I don't know who yet, but they did mention that there's going to be a bunch of live shows. And they're also now, and this is exciting to me. They're also announcing that they're still going to be doing virtual shows. And I really, really hope that the world still does this like virtual streaming show yeah. thing. We're like, it's you more could accessible. combine them. Yeah, like, you exactly. could still have the live show, but then right. just like let the rest of the world stream the shit. I, I really, it. really, really hope this is something that I think it maintains be. because it's such a good idea. Yeah. Like, why not? Why not get it out to more people? And and pe- they'll pay. Yeah. Like, let them pay for it. They will, oh, yeah. They're our fans. Uh, so yeah, d- June 9th, check out, uh, I don't know. I couldn't, I, I wish I had come up with a good, a good pun. Like, 
I was gonna say Disneyland because you know I feel like <laughs> I feel like Fender is is in my opinion, and I think many others seems to have done a much better job in terms of outreach and like having players that cross a bunch of different diverse inclusive lines. Like a okay. lot of like Fender has a lot of female players. Fender has yeah. a lot of players of color. Just like Gibson, I when I think of Gibson, I think of white dudes that sort of look like me. So yeah. maybe Disneyland. I don't know. Maybe let's try to change that. That's probably not true, but I mean maybe on a more on a larger scale. On like a on a on a on a visual. Yeah. visual skill. I think Fender has done a better job yeah. of like just putting different looking people Absolutely. in their marketing materials yeah, totally and stuff. Uh, Gibson needs to work on that a little bit, but I can't, I don't know. Hit, hit us with some good puns if you've got some. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, we already did We already did reflection. Here, you know what? I do have a touch. I do have an actual sort of tip and this is uh, just for anybody, you know, here's the thing. We all have information on the internet. This isn't an ad, but I know it sounds like I was just launching, <laughs> launching into one. And we've all probably had our information stolen. And and how do you know? Well, you know, you're getting weird fucking phone calls that are like from phone numbers that are very similar to your phone number. It's like, how did that yeah, happen? Or always. like you get weird spam emails and stuff. There's a website called Have I Been Pwned, P-W-N-E-D.com, where you can put your email address and or cell phone in, and it will show you specifically which leaks your information has been. Wow put out there and it is alarming i mean yeah. i knew already obviously again like we've all gotten spam fucking shit like we, it, it's just happened there, yeah we've all used facebook and stuff i guess most of us but like there have been these big leaks well uh, for myself at least there were like over 20 that i have been part oh, of dude. just like for my email i've had so. the same cell phone number since i was 16 right and uh and my same email since i started college so you know there's, There's no way stuff. it's not. Yeah. And I mean, it at least it, as far as have I been pwned.com uh, is concerned in my experience or in my uh, specific experience, I think the, the earliest one that it went back to was like 2010 or something like okay. that. Yeah. But hey, if you're interested uh, and you want to feel I will, a little I will scared, go check yeah, it out. Cool. But it also, I, I don't really have a good follow up. I'm sure that they probably offer some sort of product or something that you could get to like clear stuff out. I'm not too worried about yeah, it. Yeah. I'm sure there's ads on there where it's exactly. like, download this software. Right. We'll, don't yeah. do that part, but just yeah. like if you're interested, it's yeah. free. And it, and I and I and it's not just like some site that's trying to harvest more information. I have actually done the <laughs> research to figure out that this is like a non-nefarious okay. project, and they've actually expanded it recently and and brought in some more tech partners. I trust blah, blah, blah. you. Yeah, so it's a good one. BFI, GFI. Oh man, here's one. This might be. This might be. This might be both. We'll see. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say it. I I got gear splained to recently. Oh. So we all we're all familiar with the term of mansplaining or mm-hmm. like these types of things. Well, I'm going to put out there that I think that there's something called gear splaining, and I believe that I've been gear splained too. How did you feel? Well, it didn't feel good, Dave. <laughs> and it wasn't me. It didn't feel. It Hopefully, wasn't you. It I was I not. Doubt you. It was me. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say who it is because okay. it's it's possible that they may or may not listen to us. It's someone that I've known for a long time. I love this person. They're a good person, but uh, they reached out to me and without me asking. Basically criticized my Craigslist ads, oh, and said that I need to I need to change it up and like and 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 compared me to someone that we make fun of on the show like years ago we made fun of on the show. It's weird to say that like we've oh my almost, god this podcast that, is over two years the old. First time we've just realized I know that's fucking me. weird, wow. dude. Uh, wow, did we miss the two year babe anniversary? Babies when was the all first episode? Up. March, May something, May something. Yeah, wow. Actually, today I just noticed on Facebook. Total side tangent, but today. Just noticed on Facebook that episode three uh-huh. of the Gear Hunks podcast yeah. was uh, came out today. Oh, and today being Wednesday or no, today's Friday. Friday, yeah. yeah. Wow, crazy. Yeah. So that yeah, I guess yeah, wild. Uh, so yeah, so that's there how it is. That's how old we are. That's how old we are. We're we're still babies. Anyways, uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is first of all, it didn't feel good to get Gear's plane. <laughs> Second, my favorite part of this story is is little do they know that that day from that quote shitty ad i i traded for i got a a vintage les paul like literally that day i got that tribute the or the uh, special okay 88th yeah we haven't talked about the show yet i got a les paul special from 1998 another les paul Paul. that day i had from that exact ad someone reached out to me and we made the or the the day before we made like we made the agreement the next that day we made the deal oh wow that fucking day so I, i Needless to say, I, I didn't respond. I, the, the more the moral of the story is that first of all, you don't know. Like right. you know, like I change that ad all the time, so I don't I don't know what he's looking at. But second, 
Um, just don't gear splain, you know? Yeah. Like, it doesn't, it didn't feel. Well, it, did, it, did you really get gear splained or did you get ad splained? Because they were, they were more upset with I got ad splained. Because gear splain would be I like, gear hey, was you didn't put the right, like, gauge strings on or something like that, you know? Maybe. Well, don't do that either. Yeah, that's gear. I mean, that you're right, dude. I think you're right. I'd be like, or you plugged in, like, the wrong side of your quarter inch. Which I got ad splained. Don't add splain. Well, I mean, I don't gear splain. We'll we'll I like gear splain has a better ring. It does have a way better. Ring it was to gear it. related. It was so. gear related. Um, it, my, I, it just felt so they, good to know that I literally got a Les Paul out of that shitty little ad that same day. And 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 I will add, probably on average, once a week I do some deal from that like yeah. quote unquote ad I need to change up. So I've se- yeah I've seen your posts. I think they yeah. have a uh, a consistency to them though. I maintain and I think that that's good. I think yeah. it's good to notice when it's the same person selling a bunch of items. So and I, I specifically allow for the more ads by this user. Yeah. Some of those things aren't on reverb because I just like they're more like trade fodder local stuff. I mean, yeah. Just like, you know what, man, whatever. Don't do it. I would say that's but so it's bad at BFI in that way, but also GFI because I, I secretly felt great that I got a fucking Les Paul that day. Yeah, it. which is cool. I just played it. Hey, uh, side, yeah. side tangent. Yeah. I, have you, I haven't seen our boy with the Wurlitzer guitar. You're right. I feel like maybe he's he sold it. Either he sold it or <laughs> no, he, he got it. flagged into oblivion. Uh, and because there are still some crybaby posts. I, in fact, before today, I before we were making when I was making the outline for this, I had a couple crybaby posts. I look for them. I don't see as many anymore. They're all the same. I know. And I, it's just like, yeah, there was one with like a, like a picture of a baby crying, like a yeah. stock photo and stuff. Sure. And I was just like, yeah, it was it, a it little was violin. Funny. Just like, you know what, folks, if you're going to go down that route, just like just switch it up a little bit. Let's be creative. Just, let's get creative. In with fact, it. if you listeners want to put some great, you know, snarky Craigslist ads up and and send them to us. We'd love to see We'd them. We'd love to see them. Great. Oh, I've got one that this isn't snarky, but did make me laugh. It was for a, uh, I do have, cause I do have one in here. It was for a 79 Strat, <clears throat> which I was like, oh, cool. I'm yeah, clicking that. I'm clicking I, that. I've owned a late 70 Strat great before. Guitars. Big old headstocks, bullet truss. Love it. Uh, so my, the reason that I, I have it in here is because of the way the person wrote the ad. Uh, they used a lot of capitals in funny places where like, for instance, it's just like, 79 Fender Stratocaster, Ash Body. It's like listing off, listing yeah. off like real the specs, stat yeah. specs. And then the next spec after Rosewood Fingerboard is Tone Monster. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just worked it in there. Played all the ca- all caps, dive bars and caps, roadhouses in all caps, California's oil patch. Cool. Okay. Has the markings and blemish of a well seasoned. And this is where it got me all caps bar buddy like what why like bar buddy is like a band name or something that's his old that's his bar buddy he comes weather to checking chips and scratches all that's capitalized by the way all tell the story of this capitalized road warrior i just i he love used all everything. of the terms he did he say mojo in the ad there's no mojo but uh i'm gonna close it out was with uh this was no Caps Closet Queen. Oh. This guitar made its living on the road. <laughs> Is it a cool guitar? And was he asking? It seems a like a price? pretty. I mean, it's a it's a seventy nine Strat for eighteen hundred bucks. So it's it seems pretty. Oh, that's cool. a fair price. It's a fair price. Yeah. You know, I'd I'd probably try to Talk lowball down a little, down a little bit, bit yeah. on that one All in right. true fashion. But okay, so now I'm looking at this guitar. I've got to wonder if what do you think he like? What do you think this dude name? What what is what is this guitar's name? Probably like Betsy or something like that. Oh, okay. So it's so always like just, old just lady name. name. Yeah. Dude, Eleanor. Okay. Yeah. We're almost pros at this. I want to talk about naming guitars a little bit. Let's do it. Have you ever named an instrument? No. Uh, nope. I just don't. I mean, I call my Strat the Pink Paisley, but that's just because that's it's... the finish. It, yeah, it's the finish. So no, I've, I've never been like, that's Ethel or something. You right. Know? Um, I've just never... I, they have nicknames. You know, I've got the 62P and the, the jazz bass. Again, it's that's pretty descri- jazz descriptive. But... No, it's yeah. That's just because I'm referring to what it yeah. is. Uh, no, but I think you may have. I have one instrument that has a name, and let me actually before we get too far into that, I want to say that I think I think naming instruments is kind of fucking lame. I, I do of. too. That's kind of why I've never done. It's it. kind of it's kind of just like I do again. You know, we're very we're very lots of fair in our attitudes around here. Do whatever makes you happy. That said, I if you are gonna make me refer to your instrument yep. by its name. You can get fucked. Like if we're I, if we're hanging out in your say. guitar room over there, and you were like, "Hand me Queen Mary over there," I'd be like, "What?" And we haven't already had a conversation where I made fun of you for calling that Queen Mary. Like, if, <laughs> yeah. if I'm just like expected to know. Yeah, that you should just answer, know, man. Like, respect. You can, you can, you can get fucked with that. Yeah, I, 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 agree. I don't like that. But and 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 I 
of course i mean we he's it's 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 punching up so it's fine but like we like to we like to make fun of joe bonamass around here that dude names yeah. every single guitar I, we were talking about one recently we were talking about that, yeah. called the bludgeon yep and he's like i lost the bludgeon I lost people the are bludgeon. like what what we're supposed to know what that, <laughs> supposed to know what that means yeah. are you talking about like a an actual weapon that is a bludgeon that yeah, you use right. to bludgeon folks i don't know man yeah yeah i i agree what, what's the name of your guitar oh right so uh I'll tell the story. My first, my SG, my first real nice Gibson, that was my guitar, and I've talked about a lot on here. It's my Viking funeral guitar and the whole thing. I went to Europe for the first time, and not on tour, just like visiting, and I was there for like five or six weeks, and I, that's the longest I'd ever gone since having that guitar without having that instrument, or even an instrument at all. I was feeling very sad. It was like a few weeks in. Yeah. Traveling all over the place. Most places didn't have english television so i would only pretty much get bbc wherever we were and there was always this same newscaster lady named falula and there was something about her presence that just felt really nice and and not even like home because i'm not british but just like hearing english and and just knowing that i would turn bbc on and see this Falula lady anyways in my mind the sg became falula that day and and it has stuck with me since then i've you know again though like I would never be like Dave hand me maybe yeah. now I would because it's funny, but like before right. this conversation, I would never be like Dave hand me Falula or yeah. like anybody else. You've always referred to it to me as, as the, the SG, SG right? Yeah, right? Exactly. Okay. So if it's well, if it's a name to you, but yeah, if it's one of those things where it's like if or if you wrote it on the case, like the case that it lives in, it'd be like, I've Whoa. thought about like scratching it or something in there, but that's just like a little try hard for my yeah. aesthetic, I think. And and maybe if I had done it when I got home or something. Yeah. Because I know I'm positive that after that I was like, okay, like that's to me that's the name i've tried to name other guitars and nothing has stuck like i literally couldn't even tell you what i would have called them i couldn't even yeah that's my thing like it's like try hard like you said like mm -hmm. you you would have to come up with a name that didn't mean anything and it's like right it, it's like giving yourself a nickname you yeah. can't, they, you can't give yourself count. a nickname no now so. if, if there was something already scratched in the guitar like if the word joe was like scratching the guitar you're like oh that's joe that's joe yeah that's course. cool i get that yeah. yeah or like uh you know every 58 59 or 1960 gibson les paul has a name because there are like oh, a right. few hundred of them and 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 there's a book about, about them yeah, and shit. So yeah. like, that's that kind of cool but there are you know that was from 400 thousand strats or something you know <laughs> right. like we don't need to name every poly strat that's ever existed oh, unless right. it's poly yeah. oh my god i if i ever ever wind up with a real thick poly finish instrument full poly. circle man that's the name of that 70s strat poly poly here, here it go. is from from the from the oil fields or whatever the fuck the, the oil patch. <laughs> all right, uh, you know what, man? That's that's all I got for BFI. That was pretty Jeff. good. That was, that was pretty, pretty good. good and you know what that means, though. Oh my god, I don't see a tambourine near your hand. I know. I you know it I don't actually have any here. They're all at the space. That's so all right. We'll have I guess to dub it in. Either way, or make I, a new sound. Or making a new sound. I I get to say these words. I haven't said them in person in over a year. Dave's Oh, snap. Nice snaps. Oh, my God. We didn't get to. That's the first time we haven't clapped. We haven't done the one, two, three claps. There's no claps. Three. Should there. we just do it anyways? Let's, Let's just start. give us a little round of applause here. Um, oh, yeah. So this what do you is, got some, what do you got some docs fun. on the Dave's docs? So Dr. Dave's, Dave's docs of docs? Dr. Dave's, Dave's docs. Uh, this is actually kind of fun one. I This is really interesting. I came across a new band that I'd never heard of. They're not new. They're old. And they're from the 70s. And I heard about them in a movie I was watching. And then I went and listened to him on Spotify. So this is a fictional film. This is a fictional film. That talked about a non-fiction about, band. Talked about a non-fiction mm -hmm. band. Can uh, I guess? The film? I'll guess both. Yeah. You'll never get it, I bet. Okay, because I've got... I had I had a similar experience in my life. I'll give you a hint. No, I don't want the hint. Okay. Let me guess first. Right. Let me guess first. Is it... I'm trying to remember the name of the band. Uh, is it 24-Hour Party People? No. With the Happy Mondays? No, no, no. Oh, Although shit. Although that movie rules. But, yeah. Uh, no, this is. Um, I was watching a movie called The Roadie, and it was. Uh, oh, it's on Amazon Prime. It was just like I was like, I'll check this it. out. It's okay. It's from like 2011. It's kind of dated. Uh -huh. um, but this, it's this, just this kind of. It's not even that humorous. It's like a kind of a sad story about this guy who was a roadie for Blue Oyster Cult for like 20 years, and then he goes home to like live with his mom. Cult, man. And he just like they kick him out as being a roadie. He, he's like 40 years old now. He doesn't know what to do. Yeah. So the movie's the movie. Whatever. Well, there's a scene in the movie where. He's hanging out with his girlfriend from high school, and she's in his room, and they're like listening to records like the old days. I want to press pause for a second. What was the hint that you were going to give me? 
I, that the the mo- the film that I saw was on Amazon Prime. Got it. Okay. So if you if you surf Amazon Prime, yeah. it might pop up in your recommended films. Yeah. Um, anyways, she's like, "Oh my God, you have this. You still have this Good Rats record." Oh, I've never heard of the. I've Good never Rats. heard of Good Rats. They put it on in the movie, and I saw that you could see the artwork. So I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna find that." They put it on the movie. They just do like one or two songs, and it's awesome. I was like, "This is fucking cool." It's like there's, Mouse Rat. There's a cool like piano. It kind of has like um. Kind of has like a super tramp meets queen, but with like more like heavier vocals, like oh. almost scarier vocals. And I was like, is this a real band? I didn't yeah. know if they made it up for the movie. So I Google it while I'm watching the movie and I'm like, yeah, there's this band called The Good Rats. So the next day I'm on Spotify. I'm like, let me check this out. I'm going to listen to this one record that was in the movie, see if I can find the song and like see if I can kind of connect with it. It's a fucking good record. Really? And this record got like, it kind of got uh, acclaimed as not like, it's kind of one of their worst records. But of course, I didn't know there are other records, mm. so I'm like, I'll just check. This is cool. Um, so you can only go up from there if you if you already like the the not good stuff. Yeah. Now I'm like, should I listen to the other records? You absolutely well, should. I bought this one on vinyl because oh, I like it that you already much. Already got it. Yeah. Um, the record that I'm speaking of, and then I'll get into the movie a little. And bit. So is it the Good Rats or is it just it's Good Rats? The Good Rats. I think I believe so. Yeah. Um, the the uh, record I was talking about is called Rat City in Blue, 1976. Oh, my God. It's a pun. I love it. Yeah. And it's uh, in, in the cover is just like this weird. It I almost looked like Sgt. Pepper's because it was like bright yellow. And I couldn't tell like what that was. <laughs> I'm still out over Rat City in Blue. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty good shit. So anyways, I was like, well, let me see if there's a good rats documentary because now I'm really like. Whoa. Interested. OK, so from roadie to good rats to listen now. To- I is, figure is there is there yeah well the well is running dry over here man so I'm I'm scraping so I'm like let me see if there's a good rats documentary yeah technically there is okay uh, I will say this um, this isn't a Dave's doc to promote <laughs> this isn't a Dave's doc to promote this movie but it's more of a Dave's doc to just kind of get the word out about, about the good rats yeah, which I think you should check them out I after we will. after we finish um, they were referred to as uh, by Rolling Stone as. Uh, the world's most famous unknown band. Love the world's most famous. They were respected by know. Kiss, John Bon Jovi, and Billy Joel. Obviously, that does East literally th- three swings and misses for me. <laughs> okay, fine. fair enough. But still, you know, classic musicians, right? Uh, they have headlined and opened for. I'm sorry, yeah, headlined and opened for such artists as Bruce Springsteen, The Yardbirds, Loving Spoonful, Aerosmith, The Ramones, Ozzy, The Grateful Dead, Kiss, Journey, and Rush. Okay. They've played yeah. like Madison Square Garden. They've played Coliseum. So they're so they're seventies, eighties ish. Their their mid seventies was like their strong point. Okay. They formed in like sixty nine ish or sixty eight, sixty nine, and then kind of one of those things. Where whereabouts? New uh, Long Island, New Long York. Island. So the whole movie is there's not a lot of like footage, although there is some footage of them playing in like twenty twelve. So is this doc also on Prime? The doc is on Vimeo. Oh, Dude. one of those things. Yeah, and it's like not even it's, on YouTube. And it's five chapters. Each chapter is only like twenty minutes Whoa. long, or 10, 10 or twenty minutes. Did you watch all chapters? Yeah, of course, because okay. it's Dave's dance. Yeah, and um, basically it's just interviews with the guys in the band, which is cool. You know, recently, it's probably from like twenty thirteen or something. Mm, sure. uh, I think the lead singer passed away in twenty thirteen okay. or twenty fourteen. So they put this movie out right afterwards. Wow. Um, but it's not like it's not the kind of doc I like where they don't give the whole backstory. They don't really show any photos. It's kind of just the guys talking and telling stories about opening up for these more famous bands. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's what really, a bummer. Like, hey, we want to make a documentary about you. By the way, like, we pretty much just want to hear about everyone that you talked to. Nothing. In to a way, I mean, the guy interviewing was obviously a fan. Like you could tell because he was asking him. You could, you know when you hear him off camera, kind of asking more questions and yeah. stuff. He, oh, he knew, sure. He knew his shit. Yeah. So no, they talked about the songwriting process and they they went through. If you Wikipedia, they go. through through like 20 members of this band. Ooh, one of those. So, was, yeah. But was it like the singer was always the same or the yep. guitar like the there was one The singer and the guitar player were brothers. Another brother band. Oh, love the I'm family bands. I love the I love the family bands. And then the lead guitar player is just like a total shredder and he was he was in the movie too. So they kind of focused on like these three or four guys okay. that they were interviewing. But um so you're, you're a fan of the Good Rats. I'm now. a fan of the Good Rats. Like I have the vinyl. It bought it on Dude, eBay. It's coming. Wow. It was fifteen dollars. Dude, I can't wait. To, I'm super gonna listen to the Good Rats. Yeah, and and check out that record. It's it's just it's bizarre. They kind of like I said. They kind of sound like <laughs> Queen. Rats and Blue. I'm never gonna forget Queen meets that. Rush meets like um, uh, Super Tramp a little bit with like create the the lead singer can belt bro. Mm. Like he can fucking wait. Cannot wait. So that was kind of cool. So I but the know, docs not so much. Yeah, the doc. I mean, it's whatever. I would say if you're a fan of the Good Rats, if you happen to be listening to this and <laughs> you're you, already like. And you're already I like, there's with a the doc, rats, bro. I mean, they. How about this? They have a website still. They have an Instagram. 
They have uh, uh, Facebook. <laughs> they have TikTok. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, maybe. Um, you know, each one has like 2,000 followers. They're not a super famous band. Well, maybe we can get them on. I bet we could get somebody well, on. Talk because we can get because we can find out what kind of gear they're recording and with. They have the best Long Island accents, man. Oh, like dude, they're I telling can't. these stories. I'm so excited it's about fantastic. this. Fantastic. So uh, the movie is even linked on their website to the Vimeo page, which I thought it was great. They're like, check out our documentary. Dude, um, this is such a good one. Thank you for. I'm honestly never going to watch that, but I'm definitely. Super excited to listen to this band. I don't even know if the merch store works anymore on the website, oh, yeah. but I wanted to buy a t-shirt and they only had double XL left. Oh. And I don't even know if I was just going to send a payment off into the ether. And you'll never yeah, get exactly. it. Exactly. So I was like, all right, whatever. Anyways, check out the Good Rats. Yeah. Well, okay. So are, are, are you going to rate the band? Or are you going to rate the doc? What do you I'm, think? Well, I'm going to rate the doc like a, you know, it's like a yeah. two out of five. Like it's not. Two good. out of five rat tails. Yeah. Rat tails. If you're a fan, it's going to be a four out of five because they they tell cool stories. Okay. The guys are good storytellers. Is it, so is it at least sort of you know, high enough resolution? Like, is it decent quality and everything? It's got that, you know, late 2010s or, you know, early 2010s, I should say, like crappier resolution. Okay, yeah. It's not unwatchable, okay. but it's not high def. And it's All right. Not, well, dude, I'm still super yeah. excited about it because I'm genuinely, I've never seen those words put together. I really together. hope you like the band. Uh, it mean, doesn't matter to me if really at this point I would like to, but I'm just excited that there's this band that I never heard of and I get to learn about. I was thinking about that recently because I was thinking about I have a really hard time finding new bands. Not that I want to find them sometimes. People send me I have friend I have a friend who sends me once a week a new band that he checks mm-hmm. out. And he knows my style. We've gone to shows together. But I'm kind of like, ah, I listen to like a song and I kind of blow it off. I'm more interested in listening to bands that I've never heard of that were almost completely famous and over the top mm. and they were big in the 70s but i've never yes. listened to them you Dude, know so it's kind of send that my way when you hear um, about it. i love that anyways shit. yeah i will say there i saw i watched some youtube footage of them after i watched the doc and like their 70s stuff they were pretty like over the top they kind of had like a twisted sister like bar kind of a rowdy bar band vibe you know without the drag mix. can't wait yeah so but also the comparison that you made to, i think it was what did you say super, super tramp, tramp and, and clean and a little clean. bit yeah. yeah yeah into it shredding guitars yeah. awesome bass lines like really and both of those bands have a lot of keys yep too. a lot of keys in this too so into it i think you'll like them uh, i give the band you know i want i really haven't i haven't heard their mm. entire discography but i want to give the band like a four out of five documentary you know maybe a one and a half two out yeah. of five all but right. you know check there them out the good rats love it dude let's dive into future gear all right uh, all right i got a couple things that we should talk about here first well you know what let's do a little Dodfather update because we haven't done that oh. in a bit um in fact it's now that i think about it most of those pedals aren't even here but i have been getting some new ones uh, I, we might have mentioned that I was after something that rhymes with clanger, and uh, that happened. I <laughs> yeah. got the uh, the stereo flanger, which is over the space. It's like all of the DoD pedals. It can do just like the bog standard, what your brain sort of imagines as like a flanger sound, right? Like it has all of that stuff in there. Right. But each one I found also does like a really... And I don't know if this is just like the one that I've gotten because they usually have internal trim pots, but like it also does like a pretty like fucked up weird sound. And mm-hmm. that tends to be my favorite. So, yeah, first of all, okay, so the flanger, I've, I've got it on this one setting that just does this weird sort of hollow metal tin can sound, which I really like. The octop, the octopus, which we talked about, now lives on my bass pedal board. It's officially on, Good like, man. it is on my board. And I currently have two. D- dod delays on my guitar pedal board including one as provided by one of our very amazing wonderful listeners so i i the dot father collection is live i also want to add really quickly <clears throat> i had a funny interaction with one of our friends online around it which about what the well uh, a specific pedal i might have noticed a, a dod pedal show up on our local craigslist uh in fact it's i believe the fx 17 it's the uh wah slash volume pedal okay. slash cv controller pedal which is super weird yeah and uh so i as i do sent an email saying hey like here's my list of stuff that i've got right now want to do some trading well that was our friend johnny water from daredevil pedals uh. selling some of his <laughs> shit and he's like man he's like oh no i'm like I was telling him, I was like, yeah, I'm trying to think, I'm thinking about like trying to maybe do like a collection. I was like, I thought about that too. And then he's asking me for one. I was like, no, it was for the Bifet uh, boost. I was like, no, that, and that one is, I don't know if you've looked, that thing's gotten like, it's a, it's a two knob boost and it's like over 200 bucks. Now. Oh, it's wow. Like re- at the cheap, if you even see it. So I was like, no, I do not have yeah, an no, extra one of those. No, but sir. dude, the Dot Father collection is alive and well. Yeah, that's good to hear, man. Yeah, I guess we haven't talked about it in a couple it's of weeks. Been a, well, but... it's when you've got other pedal yeah. makers on the show and yeah. stuff, I'm not like, hey, let me tell you, let me get real into this other brand right, that right. doesn't exist anymore and not your brand. Right. As much, by the way, we haven't gotten there yet. Episode 109. Yeah. 
uh, Soren Youngberg from Karl Martin Effects. Holy crap, Shout that was out, a really man. good episode. Was he was fun. he was awesome. He's one of the rare examples of someone that it's just we've never met in person. Yeah, even at a Nam or anything like that, I've never yeah. met that guy. And he was he was so nice and cool and like very open about like the the Amster that's not even out yet that mm-hmm. he's like telling us about. Uh, and they all that ha- kind of stuff. I don't know if we talked about it. I think we texted about it after we didn't talk about it on the show. But they have a two hundred watt base head. Oh, that I am like, okay, it's probably going to be very expensive, but I kind of want to at least see if I can find some videos about it or something. Yeah. But I will say my big takeaway from that was, I think you asked him towards the end of the episode, kind of like, did you, what do you got? Do you guys base your pedals off like mm, other pedals? Right. Or, and he's just like, no, they don't have, any they don't have anything to compare there, it to. Yeah, they, they just sh- go, we just build these. And we, if, if it sounds good to our ear, then we, we, we make it which i think I, I i respect the shit out of that and the fact is is he's in a position where his company makes pedals that other people you know like base they, their shit off right so yeah, like yeah that's a good point I, I think i would be i would question that i don't know i was gonna say i think i would question that for a new builder but maybe not like i think if you if you're just that confident in your design fuck it just like just go for it and but i know i personally work. like second guess everything and always want to compare and sure. see what other things sound like yeah. and have a, a reference point and all that shit. But you're right, dude. That was a good, that was, that was, that was a really interesting sort mm-hmm. of takeaway. Um, I want to talk about a couple things. One, um, we already talked about, I got that Les Paul. Yep. 88 Les it's Paul cool. special. It's cool. It's cooler in person than it looked in the pictures. It's cooler in person, say. which is why I got it. Made a fucking heck of a deal. Yeah. Shout out to my friend Tyler from Craigslist uh, and my ad that, you know, supposedly doesn't work. But uh, <laughs> that it was, it was, I traded, I traded my Mesa uh, for it and it was a great deal. Yeah. Um, got another guitar. Mm-hmm. And I like, I'm excited about this one. I want to talk about it a little bit because before I got this one, I'd sort of been like, all right, well, I got an awesome deal on this Les Paul. I don't really need it, but I'm going to keep it and do some other stuff to it. Well, then I got something that Dave, I think, you, well, first of all, I can sort of thank and blame you for. Mm-hmm. I'll take both. Also, I think in another, if had this not happened, it might be, it might come as a, as a surprise. I got a jazz master. Yeah. It a Fender jazz master. A Fender jazz master. A Fender with, with a an F. Yeah. Fender. 62 vintage AV, AV, American vintage reissue. Yep. There it is. There it is. 2010. It is Olympic white. Olympic white. Ollie, Ollie bro with a a torque guard, which uh, astute listeners may remember. I'm not always all about. It is a real nice torque. Mm -hmm. It is. It's not the pepperoni thing. I I fucking hate. It's not orange. It's kind of funny. In fact, uh, shout out to our buddy uh, Shelby, jazz uh, jazz master of puppets, jazz master master Shelby Pollard, previous guest from like 500 episodes ago. Yeah, right. uh, Because I posted it on my personal Instagram and. Dave, I, as you know, that guitar is identical in every way to his real sixty-five. I think it's a sixty. I can't remember if it's a sixty-one or a sixty-two. Yeah. Oh, the okay. one that he has. Yeah. But mine is the reissue that is like the same color, the same yeah. rose with the. It's like it. It looks so he. Yeah, he definitely responded like, "Hey, on that one." But nice. I am so over the moon with that guitar, and I actually also want to briefly call out another amazing deal that I did on that one. So this was actually a cash deal, which I don't typically do, but it was such a smoking wonderful price and such an amazing. It was guitar. a really Im- impressive price. I did it, uh, but I want to shout out Matt Barber Kennedy, a gentleman who I purchased it from. He's an artist here in Chicago from a Londoner originally. Really cool art. Really amazing art. Really cool guy. Uh, we've actually like spoken since the deal and and stuff. And and he, in fact, he's listened to the podcast. Oh, so wow. I want to give him a shout out. Really good guy. Go check out his art, mattbarberkennedy.com. Um, this takes me, oh my God, I'm so happy we got here because we were going to talk about this. Folks, we already talked about it a little bit. Before we got, before we started getting on the mics here, Dave and I, we just like, we're like, we're hanging out and we're so many things, so many like thousand different topics and there were like 500 things we want to talk about. Like, no, let's save for the podcast. This is one of them. So this is fucking genius. And it actually is very related to something that I had started doing. So I don't, this is probably a lot less relevant for you as a bass player, but I think a lot of us as guitar players go through this thing where you restring your guitar and then it's like, well, how long, how long actually did these strings last me? How much did I play on them? Like, when did I, when should I even change these things again? Sure. And so what I did like a month ago was every time I changed strings on my whiteboard, I just punched my microphone. I, Right on my whiteboard, the date that I changed the that's guitar. really smart. So it's like three thirty-five, April second, two thousand twenty-one. Whatever. Even smarter. What this gentleman did, 
he on the string. So you you asked me if I changed the strings. Dave knows as soon as I could get, get a guitar, I always change the strings. I did not in this instance yeah, with I was the Jazz Master because in the guitar case he has the you know that it was a set of uh, NYXLs, really nice strings written on there the date that he changed the strings. Uh, so he knew knows that on May, I think it was May 2nd, he changed and he wrote like, I should show you. It's kind of funny, like this little, just a little like goofy note, like changed from flat wounds to these on May 2nd, sure. Ugh, or something like right. that, you know? Wow. Uh, so he, he knows he that on that date, he logged. Probably a better idea than my whiteboard. Uh, the whiteboard I like because I can see them all together. Yeah. But like, I honestly genuinely might start doing that. Like whenever I change strings on a guitar, I'll just throw it in the case, uh, whichever, you know, whatever the deal is. I've been doing that since 2008. You I, have. I write down. Well, okay. So let me rewind. I used to use round wounds a lot. On yes. Bass, and uh, the D'Addario nickel rounds, yeah. the standards. And I would write down because I would keep the old strings because sometimes you do want with especially mm -hmm. bass strings. You can have like dead bass totally. strings. They sound cool. Um, so I keep them. I'm also cheap like that. So I'd roll them up and then I would write the date on the inside That's flap of the, right. of the little case. And then I just have this, which I've never probably restrung one with right, an old yeah. set. But if I do get a set, like say I buy a new guitar with flats, you know, flats are worth a lot more money yeah, too. Right. Um, and I'm going to sell it. I'll flip the, I'll put the rounds on, on yeah, and right. then I'll keep the flats. I believe and, you've done that to me. No big deal. Yeah, whatever. yeah, for sure. Um, no, I had the flats on the Memphis, but that was because I put them on there. And then I was like, oh, Henry doesn't want flats anyways. And yeah, he does. Well, it's fine. <laughs> now he does. But uh, Dude, no, no you, you've been doing it. I mean, I guess yeah. Yeah, the difference is I don't there's know why, no like, old strings in there. It's I don't like, really know why. Yeah. I don't know why I won't just throw them away, you know? Well, th I mean, you could use them, theoretically. Sure. Or like, or... First of all, like how much space are they taking up versus? Yeah, they're in like a, a shopping a thing, bag. right? And then also maybe make like a little art installation someday where you just like Ooh. throw them in a little thing. Like I don't jewelry. know, make jewelry out of it. Like I mean, it. that's a thing. So, well, I was gonna say, so I got, I got to play the jazz master. You got to play it. Um, we plugged in, her in. I, I I fumbled my way through your wacky tuning. And you I, sounded great. Honestly. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thanks. It's fun. Yeah, I just I, I kept it simple, two strings at a time. You know, like really easy chords. Yeah. Uh, I will say that thing plays fucking amazing. It's great. You it know, sounds so clear. His and setup good. was a little different than mine, mm -hmm. so I took the neck off. Okay. By the way, this is the first guitar that I've owned in a long time where I actually no, that's not true. The the bass is this way. I was gonna say I have to take the neck off to adjust the truss rod. Okay. The number one argument against fenders, in my opinion, is that sure. you have to do that. However, I always used to I, – I realized that there's a way – this might be a little touch and tips that people don't know. There's a way to do that without taking your strings off. Yeah. And I oh, – yeah. and, and, and so you basically just like loosen the strings okay. just to the point that they're like just like just a little slack. You capo at the first fret, and then you drill the back – I use a I use a power drill, but like, I understand if people aren't confident enough to do that, take some touch, just enough that you can get to the so like it's still attached to the guitar, but just enough that the truss rod pops up, and then you screw yeah. off. Because otherwise, like having to take the strings all the way off, take the neck all the way off, do it. It's a pain in the ass because especially if you don't get it right the first time, which I didn't. I had to do another. I had to do two adjustments. But the point is, once I did my couple of truss adjustments, it came with the mastery bridge already yeah. on there. So I just like lowered the action a little bit. I. I, it's yeah. there. There's been a Jazzmaster shaped hole in my life that I didn't realize, yep. and now it's filled. And I'm, it's it's it sucks because, you know, now that I have this one that I really like, it's like, well, what other Jazzmasters are, are out mm. there that I really like? But talking to this guy, he went. I mean, he was he has a lot of guitars, and yeah. he hunted for this one. He got it from Carter's in Nashville, like it was a special instrument. Blah blah blah. So like, it is a really it is a really nice. What year is it? It's a 2010. Okay. AVRI because they stopped making them in 2012. 2012 I think. Yeah. Now they have some, I forget the name of the new. They've series. got a bunch of different things, yeah. but it's Nitro Body. You know, yep. it's been beat up. He's been play. He's played, but it's still great. The neck is like it's perfect. really cool. Um, I just can't. You know, of course, we were talking a little bit before as we were playing and, and like hearing. I I kind of got. I got very used to not having 60 cycle hum. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, got to get used to that again. But you can, of course, as we we're talking about, also uh, go right into that middle position and. Yeah. Get that nice out of phase clucky sound, which harkens me back to my days playing in Volcanoes Make Islands with that fucking Jazzmaster that I had, and like live could only ever play in that position because it got a little hummy in the other ones. I remember um, 
when we went to that guitar show, you brought the Jazz Master. You ah, yes. And, uh, that was like what we were like two episodes in or something. I think at that point, three, four. That was episode four. We yeah. did a special two parter about the Amigo Guitar Show. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, you, I remember you had that in a bag, yeah. and the headstock stuck out of the top of that the shitty gig bag. Gig bag yeah. yeah. Dude, but, now uh, today there, I've got a new gig bag right next to me that we forgot oh. to talk about because there's, things are just in flight. I've been moving a lot. Of, now I got a new gig bag for the Jazz Master slash my Les Paul slash any other guitar. I'm got jealous. Another mono. I'm, I'm I jealous. had to do it. They're so nice. Or they, you know, this is not sponsored by Mono. I wish it was. Oh, me too. Uh, I, I, you know, will admit that I don't have to pay full retail price because that's nice, but it's still they're still fucking expensive, dude, mm-hmm. and and worth it though because I've been using that other one three or four times a week and I, because i play my 335 so much it's like well i think part of it's because i have a nice bag to carry it around and i want one that fits my other guitars now i have it yeah it's the limousine of, of gig bags the limousine i love that stretch, yeah, stretch, exactly. limo. stretch limo yeah i guess it, i mean they are sort of big but really no, they're not so big they're, they're just luxury pretty, fucking pretty sedans uh, yeah I, I even put it on uh, i don't even bag. have that on here uh that's what i want to talk about jazz master i'm so excited about I it. i love it dude i uh talked about the last paul you know what the I've got two more things we need to touch on. Okay. You down with that? Yes. All right. So one, this is going to be some reading because I had to write some stuff down, but this is actually, this is like as nerdy future gear as it possibly will ever get. And I specifically am including this, A, because I think it's cool. B, I think you will too. C, as I'm making the number three with my mm-hmm. fingers here. I follow. Uh, this is this is a shout out to one of my oldest friends and one of our oldest listeners, Steve Holland. The mad scientist <laughs> professor that uh, likes to chime in on the extra geeky stuff around here. He's an actual real life engineering professor. But anyways, I learned about this stuff called quantum entangled drums. Okay. So I felt like we just had to talk about it a little bit. So quantum computing is this like subatomic level com- level computing, which is based on all sorts of crazy technology that I don't understand and we'll never get into. But they're using this new thing called quantum drums within quantum computing. And and so I'm just going to start reading some stuff now. At, at, at NIST, they started experimenting with these things that are so minuscule, about the width of a human hair, which I can't remember. It's something like, I don't know, 70 nanometers or something. I don't know. There's, it's, they're really small. There are these quantum entangled aluminum drums that <clears throat> they use to measure their properties and lay the groundwork for large quantum networks. Again, we're not going to talk about that. that. means they used microwave light to give the drums two patterns, one, quote, cool and calm, and the other one less steady. So they're actually making drums, like fucking rhythms, on these tiny little, tiny little things that are entangled on a level so precise that human instruments can't match what's happening with these. Like, we can't make instruments that can even measure how accurate these things are okay. right now and how right. in sync they are. They then measured the tiny differences in the drum head positions and found that they'd move at the same speed in relation to each other, just in different directions, so out of phase. And But they could only keep this entanglement active for 200 microseconds, even in basically absolute zero temperature, like as cold as we can make things. So it's like this really crazy process. But they actually got it to work. However, that would be long enough for them to be used as qubits for storing data and converting it to and from microwaves that can be sent to distant quantum computers in a network. Other researchers have tried this before, but they haven't had any success like this. So basically, we're using drums at a quantum level, like physically, to do crazy computer stuff now. Drums. Quantum drums. This is for Steve, my engineering professor friend who also happens to be a drummer once again got me confused on a friday afternoon there it is I, uh, okay quantum I'll, drums i'll man. take your word that's for all it. you need to know last thing we need to talk about here that's another piece of gear that's oh, yeah. right here and this is believe it or not another one of our instagram friends and followers specifically mentioned being excited about that we're gonna we're gonna delve on so mm-hmm. uh i believe john holmes this is for you buddy let's talk a little bit about some euro rack modular gear man yeah, man. It looks cool. I have a rack sitting next to me that I bought. So it is by a company called Create Audio, I believe. Right? We talked about them once before. We've talked we? about maybe. I don't oh. know. We talked about what we talked about is this little synth this little video synthesizer right, right here. Right. So this is a Euro rack. The Euro rack is a standard by which people, companies and and home based folks such as you and me can put little modules and create any kind of synthesizer you could possibly dream up. Mm-hmm. And this is something that, frankly, I have fought 
getting into for a long time because I know that it's a sort of thing that I'm going to get very into mm-hmm. and it can be very addictive and expensive. And I already have a lot of expensive hobbies and here's another one for us. So I got this create audio. It's called the nifty case. It's nifty because it, most Euro rack cases, they've got, you know, a certain amount of space in them to put racks in that mm-hmm. we've already talked about little modules. They also have power. That's great. This one is different because it also does something else. It has uh, Euro rack uses control voltage CV to talk to each other, to, to send your sound around to also control things. This case converts will allow me to convert that CV to MIDI. There are products that do that externally in the world already that right. you could, this is deeply integrated within the system All itself. In, right? So I don't have to worry about it. I can actually plug this into my computer and control everything from my computer, which is like kind of unheard of, frankly, for Eurorack and, and this sort of thing. The main reason that I wanted to get it was because uh, I got that video synth recently, and the videos. I know there's a lot of stuff going outside my window right now. It's very distracting. That's nope. the world that we live in. Not at all. Uh, this video synth is controllable via control uh, CV control right. voltage. So right. I wanted to get. It was kind of my excuse to get into. So it powers it, and it and it stores it for me and, and all that sort of stuff. But it also then I have these other modules that I can now use to control it, and I can con- and I can control it from the computer. So it allows me to basically take this like very analog thing that in some ways is sort of um, designed to be unpredictable and allow me to create some level of predictability with it where, for instance, like with a live show or like a song that I have written and recorded already, I can then sync it to my Ableton session and make it do video stuff mm-hmm. and also do synthesizer stuff. It's this whole new world of bringing analog, not computer things into my like sort of unfortunately, but it, truly computer-based setup that we, I think I and most of us all live in these days. Yeah, yeah. It's also good for bleeps and bloops. You can do lots of... That's probably you know, where you, I would start. That's where you would start. You yeah. basically, it's a little intimidating, I think, for, and it, it was for me too. It took me a long time to get to like understand conceptually what's happening. But like when you break it down into sort of its separate components, each thing, it's usually like some sort of keyboard or input device, something to like right. generate some notes moving around. Exactly. And then there's something like that actually makes those notes itself, which is usually some sort of oscillator. So like, you realize, oh, that's sort of how oscillators work. And it's like, oh, well, that oscillator, it needs to be shaped a little bit. Like, it probably sounds a little raw and weird and harsh on its own. You probably want to put that into a filter. So it's like you kind of learn what that it's is. Just and a it bunch really is just like yeah. taking a cable and plugging it in into, like from one hole to another yeah. one. It can be intimidating because there's a lot of holes and a lot of cables. You don't know which ones to stick them into. Right, right. But um, I'm still completely novice. I'm mostly like a YouTuber expert on this part, you know, <laughs> because I've watched a lot of it. And, and I've spent the past day using the one that I have. But there's still a long. Is that a, a new new piece of technology? Yeah. Well, Eurorack itself isn't. So that was, I believe, originally developed by Dopefer, who's a famous old synthesizer company. Company. Um, so that Eurorack has been a standard for a long time. I would guess since like the 70s. Yeah. Um, but that specific piece, this specific Create Audio, I think came out in like late 2019, maybe. Okay. Uh, it's yeah. They're a small company. I don't. They're you know they're like Arturia makes one that a lot of people use. Moog. A lot of people make their own. Uh, this yeah, this is sort of a, a, a unique company because they also then with the case that we've talked about have two modules, synthesizer mm-hmm. modules, which I bought the bundle that includes those two modules because I don't have any other ones other than the video synth and I wanted it and I again don't have to pay full price so you know it fuck is. it. Uh, but they're they're very interesting. It's called one is called cells, the other one is called. Uh, chips cells is this sort of like it's the sequencer controller part so it, like you can program different notes and it'll move around through those notes or you can just like play it with your fingers it's all touch sensitive right it's like light light touch sensitive and then the other one is called chips which is a two oscillator synthesizer so it like generates a sound it has some sort of shaping that you can do with it, it also has an lfo which is a low frequency oscillator which most commonly is used to control other things in music so I, I use a low frequency oscillator to then like make the sound dip in and out or move things around or whatever uh, i do i don't have a filter yet ah that's the missing space that's the missing right thing but it turns out that i have a arteria micro brute synthesizer and that is all cv so what i when i'm if if I had it with me, what I would do is then just like run these things into the filter of that and then back out. So then I will have full like ADSR filter control. Eventually, of course, I'm going to buy more modules and put them in there. The thing is, is that you really, 
you have to spend money on like kind of boring stuff with your ORAC too, like voltage dividers and sure. attenuators and like not all fun it's not it, it will lead to fun stuff but it's not like a delay pedal or something yeah we like, can just play with it exciting right uh no it's more just like this is gonna allow me to use it the way that i want it to which is what you sign up for with your rack because you're anybody could go out and buy any roland juno or any synthesizer yeah. or whatever but a euro rack is something that you you decided i want to create something that no one else has well that's that what i was going to say it's, it's as customizable as, as you can imagine i suppose so. yeah especially if you're if you're not shy with a soldering iron because there are so many projects out there that you can buy you know parts or even just like circuit boards for all that kind of stuff and build yourself which of course i'm going to start doing because mm-hmm. i already have a lot of the components and stuff um but it can get expensive. I mean, some of them, you know, modules on the cheap end. So this company, Dreadbox, started making some pretty affordable ones in like the $100 range. But, you know, you're talking a couple hundred bucks at least yeah. per module. Unless it's like, of course, some tiny little like single space thing that just like has one knob on there. That's usually going to be a little cheaper. But, you know, anything substantial, you're talking at least a few hundred bucks up to several, up to a thousand, you know. So it can get real expensive real quick. But then, again, you have this thing that nobody else has that you can then. Right do whatever and I'm, I'm still again totally scratching the surface totally your so novice would you need to buy like another one of those if you wanted to keep building it right so that's that's the other slots, thing right? that when you when you start getting into research researching it people talk about it, it's like okay well to answer your question what do you want to do with it yeah i with this i could have bought a much larger rack this is actually i would say probably like medium size there are yeah you got a plate ones. where there's like a few more spaces right yeah there's so if i leave all these modules in i have enough to put like two to three to four depending what i get modules in there uh and i also have the video synth in here which doesn't have to live inside but it's just it looks cool cool it looks cool um but yeah so maybe i the thing is is the the way that this nifty case is set up with the midi i probably wouldn't get another one of these cases i would probably just get another like a dumber case Mm -hmm. that just has power but then this still remains sort of like the hub brain. And then I would just have like a more simplified case that has power still, but like, you know, the connections, you're still making like patch connections from the module to the module, the case, except for this one, which is sort of a a weird one. Usually you're not patching into the case itself. Ah. So that's like, this is like kind of a special thing where it has MIDI to CV conversion, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I would probably get another case, but then not the same one. And then that, and then maybe I would just, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It would, it would make things really complicated. I think, but I, I do like the idea of having just like this sort of medium sized thing where it's not like I've got to buy five things just to feel like yeah. it's filled up. Right. Yeah. Away. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I already have a bunch of other synths too, so like I don't know if I. It's not like I'm trying to get you rid get of like the synth, other ones. Or synth whatever. world. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm in it. You do have that. I do. I do have Central Space. Yeah. What is uh, the North Pole? It's because <laughs> there was a Christmas tree as part of it at one point. Ah, the, that's the, right. I moved the tree out that's of it funny, dude. to make space for other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first time I saw a modular synth was uh, uh, oh, Grego, Greg Pansiero. Oh, he has one. Friend. Well, the, I don't know if he still has it, but the first time we went to record with him, uh-huh. he had it set up, and it was like three feet high, like off of yeah. off like a card table. And I was like, whoa, man, like, what is this? Like, all these wires sticking out. And he's like, oh, you just pull this one out and put it in a different thing, and it makes a different noise. And I was like, dude, this is... It's amazing. I couldn't wrap my head around it. it. It's really fun once you get over that sort of, like, fear. Yeah. I mean, I I still feel the fear You're not going to break it, but, like, how do you... I guess the idea is... Can you achieve the sound in your head or are you just going with what comes out of it? There's both for sure. Like you have an idea, but then I, I mean, in my experience, yeah, like I don't, I don't think you get into your rack to like have a specific idea and then execute that specific idea. You get into it because like usually what you're going to come up with is a little cooler than what you even thought of anyways. Exactly. And, and it's super cool. I don't have any modules that do this yet, but there are ways to bring your own audio signals in and out. For instance, like you could run your bass through synth modules or, you know, there are really cool ways to, process sound that way that are a little bit i mean like some keyboards still have in and out on them but that's usually much more the realm yeah. of like a modular thing right, and, right. and that's something that i would love to do too just oh, like man. have this plugged into the computer and have it like running Dude. sounds through it and reamping through it and all that kind of shit do something like that man. so that's yeah i'm gonna have to i'm gonna i haven't i haven't gotten any sort of like io input output modules mm-hmm. for right. that but i will because it's gonna happen i mean i've got the, <laughs> i've got the euro rack i've got the guitars and basses i want to run the stuff through the stuff these the and then so i'll i'll say about the cell or um, chips that as a synthesizer it's a very sort of like 
bit reduced, kind of like almost Nintendo-y yep. sounding thing, right. which is super cool. I mean, you can get anything you can imagine, super clean, futuristic sounds, crazy fat like vintage 70s sounds, 70s sounds, sounds, all that stuff. Yeah. But that one is more sort of like that chip tune, hence cool. the name Chips. Got it. Thing. So yeah, I already know that I'm going to be getting the Make Noise Maths, which is um, sort of boring in some ways. It does this like voltage dividing and attenuating stuff that we talked about, but it's also the one that you see like in everyone's euro rack because it's so useful and yeah. does everything really well so i know i already know i'm going to be dropping about 300 dollars on that how and, how good have they gotten at reproducing this digitally through like just software yeah. and stuff? well not good because it's i, I i've used some of this modular software stuff and it's fun to play with right and like it's super cool and, and it, those it's its own thing but i wouldn't compare it it's to it's about actual. this is like about putting the fucking the cables in the thing and yeah, moving dude. the knobs around with your hands and Damn stuff right. so it's like unless they figure out a way ways to create interfaces that can adapt that way where it's like you know you've got this flat surface and all of a sudden like knobs sort of rise from it and yeah. that sort of thing right I, there's no way or that even you could like a, ever... a virtual reality type of thing or right something. Yeah. until you can get that haptic tactile feedback that's part of the whole experience that's absolutely part of the experience. And again, it's just so random. Like you move the knob a little bit and it's like, whoa. That's yeah. Like not that's what I was going to say. Like once you find something cool, what do you have to like write it down or something basically? If you want to get back to that for like, you a You record song. it and take a picture and then <laughs> I've, so I, I mean, I I've only had this set up for a day and that's happened to me where it's like, I got, it like sort of sounded like it, but it wasn't, it wasn't the exact same. And that's, but that's, I think that's what I like about it. Could you sample it and then use that in yeah, a song yeah, or yeah, something? Yeah, for sure. That's, yeah. that's what I've done. Yeah. So you just run the audio. Cool press record then you Hell got yeah. it and then yeah. yeah do whatever the fuck you want with it that's afterwards. Cool. i like that absolutely yeah so that's the that's, this has a mixer built in it this these two that say two out on top mm-hmm. and then quarter inch output on the back fuck yeah man. which is so that's the other thing to mention mono it's not not a stereo endeavor you know so like i could oh. technically like if you want you could run each thing out individually sure. or whatever but like the way this is set up and i think how almost everybody runs euro rack is you're pretty much creating a big mono synth oh i didn't know that. so like i had a separate drum machine that i was running with it but like you know it's still mono which is it's its own it's its own thing yeah it's a different sort of ball game i like a good mono love me a good i mono. like it just punches you just right double in the, track it bro right in the head, just pan it to the sides yeah man it's from dude I don't even know how long we've been recording. I don't even care. I we, hope this whole thing goes out because it it's will. great, dude. It was great. It's, it's great. so, 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 so good doing this in person. Yeah, man. I'm so excited. We're back. We're back. And folks, I know I I usually say if you've made it this long, but I think I'm just gonna say when now that I know you have made it this long because you're as excited as we are, go make some music. 